Our scripture this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'll be reading from verses 1 through 9. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into partnership of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for uh, having a beautiful day to be here at church to celebrate our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We come before you, O Lord, in our need of you this morning, asking that you'll speak to us through this word as it is proclaimed. Prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits to receive it, and prepare us, O Lord, to apply it to our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So who called you last? If you were to look, look in your phone at your call history, what was the last call you received? And did you answer it? In my phone... As I was showing the kids, I have a lot of calls, but the last few were from my wife, so wisely I decided to pick up the phone because I live with her, so it's important that I pick up the phone, right, when she calls. But if you look further down in my call history, if you look further down in the call history, you find a number of spam calls. And most of you know about these because you receive them all the time from a 401, from a 470, from a 212. And you start looking down the list and you see all of these spam calls and these calls that come out of nowhere. It seems like somebody took my number and like wrote it in the bathroom wall or something and everybody just shared it because it's everywhere. And people call all the time. And it used to be that it was for extended warranty on your car, right? Which you haven't owned for about 10 years, but they still have you down as owning. And now it's, oh, we want to buy your house. And I'm like always telling them, I need a place to live and I want to stay married. So I can't sell my house at this time. But, you know, we get these calls all the time and... And we have to make a decision when the call comes in whether we pick it up or not. And in my position as a pastor, it makes it more interesting because 
I never know if it's somebody in need. So more often than not, I have to pick up the phone call and wait to see what the first few words out of the person's mouth are to decide whether or not the call is worth taking. So I have to listen to the message to see if it's something that I really need to continue the conversation with. More often than not, I hear a little ding, like I'm being connected to some call center somewhere, and that's my cue to hang up, because I know that that's not a call I need to get. But the reality is we just don't answer every call we get. We choose which calls we respond to and which calls we don't. Paul writes to the Corinthian church in our scripture today to remind them who it is that called him into ministry. To remind them who it is that made that call that changed his life forever. You see, he had shared with them his testimony and he knew that, that they would immediately understand what he was talking about. He says, I write to you as Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Paul is basically saying, I didn't come up here to be an apostle by my own choosing. God called me. God called me on that road to Damascus as I was headed to that city to arrest Christians and throw them in jail. God called me. He blinded me on the road. He humbled me to the point that I had to accept prayer by one of those who I was going to put in jail. And then he said, I am sending you out to share my message with the Gentiles with rulers, people in authority, and people all over the place. He says, I was called by God to this ministry, and it wasn't my will. One of the things that we have to understand is that when we are called by God, God basically says, if you answer the call, then you have to surrender your will. If you say yes to the call, then you have to surrender your will. Paul was headed to Damascus to arrest Christians. His will was to defend the Jewish faith against this crazy new group called Christians following a Messiah that had been crucified. And when he took the call, he had to surrender that will and realize that he was chasing after the wrong thing. When he surrendered his will, he became an apostle of Jesus Christ. Not before. While he was doing his own thing and following his own desires and following his own ideas, he was not an apostle of Jesus Christ. But once he said yes to the call. He gave up his will and took up the will of God. Well, I don't know if you realize it, but we have all been called by God. All of us 
have received the call from God. We might have not been blinded in the road like Paul was. Ours might have not been a dramatic conversion experience like his was. But the reality is that at some point in our life, God called on us and asked us if we were willing to surrender our will and take on his. And the fact that we are here today means that at some point we said yes to that invitation. At some point we said, yes, Lord, I will lay down my life alongside Jesus' life to become an ambassador of your kingdom to those who don't know it yet. I accept your will and your invitation to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. As Paul opens the letter, he wants them to remember that he was called to this ministry by God and that Jesus chose him, hand-picked him for this job. He writes to them along with Sostenes, a co-worker in the faith that was known to them, perhaps because he wanted to, to find a way to reach them, for them to take his letter and receive it, to receive the call that he was putting out to them to remember what they were called to do in ministry. You know, sometimes when somebody tells us, hey, somebody else is going to call you, then we're looking at our phone and paying attention and waiting for that call. And so he refers to Sostene and says, okay, I want to get your attention. I want you to listen to what I have to say. He wants them to know that not only he was called, but that they were called. That not only he was appointed as an apostle of the gospel, but that they were chosen also by God to reach to that community of Corinth and to continue to expand the kingdom of God. He says, I write to you who are called to be the church in Corinth, together with all those called to be the church in every place who call the name, on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord. You know, in saying this in the opening of the letter, Paul basically says, I'm writing to anybody who calls Jesus Lord. And when he does that, he basically included us as recipients of the letter. Do we call Jesus Lord? If we do, the letter is to us. The letter is directed to all those who call Jesus Lord in every place along with those in Corinth. Together with the saints in Corinth, we have been called to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. Now, this is very important because Paul is also reminding us that we have been called to be saints. We have been called to be set apart for God's special purposes. That is what being a saint is, by the way. That is the definition of being a saint, is to be set apart for God's special purposes. Even in biblical times, Paul knew that God has a plan and a purpose for your life and for my life. You know why? Because God always plans ahead. 
He knows the end from the beginning, as Eleanor likes to say, right? He knows it. He's been planning for this moment from before we even woke up this morning. He's been planning for what he wants to tell us every single day. And the question is, will we answer the call? Will we listen to what he has to say? Will we follow his purpose and his plan? I love that scripture that says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and to bless you. I mean, God has great plans. Scripture says that he knows us before we were even born from our mother's womb, that he knows every hair on our head. You know, I can't even do that. Can you imagine trying to count your hairs? But more importantly than that, that he knows everything about us, and yet he loves us. He loves us. So to us who are called to be the church, Paul writes, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. With this simple blessing and opening, Paul wishes us exactly what we need this very moment. Grace and peace. Now, is anybody here full on grace and peace? You don't need any more? You got enough of it? You're completely all graced out? You got enough peace to last you for the whole year? No problem. The reality is if we look, we always can use more of God's grace and peace in our lives. And we need the reminder that God is our heavenly Father who gives us in Jesus Christ the peace that passes all understanding, that he is still Lord of our lives. Paul is reminding us that when someone asks us, who's your daddy, we should be able to say, I've got a heavenly father, that's my daddy. Who is, your, who is in charge of your life? Our answer is not our spouse, though that's a close second. It should be our Lord Jesus Christ is in charge of our lives. He's basically saying you need to remember these things. And why do we need these reminders? Because we often look at our world that seems to be out of control, that seems to always have tragedies happening and natural disasters, like we just had this week with all these storms where people lose their homes and people lose their lives. And when we look at all those things, it's very easy to forget that no matter what is going on in the world, we still have a Heavenly Father who loves us, and Jesus is still Lord and still sits on the throne. You know, we need to be reminded of that on a regular basis. With that knowledge, I invite you today to receive the grace and the peace that Paul is sending to every recipient of this letter, and that includes us. He is saying peace and grace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then Paul goes on to give thanks to God for the Corinthians. And his thanks are very specific. He says, I give thanks to God, but what I give thanks to God for is that he has showered you with grace, with free gifts, 
so that you are rich in speech and knowledge of every kind, so that your testimony for Christ has been made stronger, even in times of trial, even in times of difficulty, even in times of testing, you have continued to grow stronger in your witness and your testimony of Jesus Christ. You know, if we accept this letter to us, it could easily re read through pandemics and trials and financial struggles and, and congregational issues and you name it, you have continued to strengthen your testimony for Jesus Christ. You have continued to pursue Jesus and you have continued to receive the spiritual gifts that God has been bestowing on you, and you have lacked for nothing because you have been faithful following Jesus. We have just started a new study on revelations, as I said at the beginning of the service, and in studying just the first few verses in the name of the book, I remember finding out that the idea of revelation is the removing of the veil, the removing of that which is hidden is what Revelations is all about. The revelation of the plan of Jesus to save the world and to come back for his church. And you know, Paul writes to the church telling them, you need to continue to do your ministry waiting for the day in which the veil will be rolled back. And you will see him returning in the clouds for you. When Jesus returns for his bride, the church, and you need to continue to be faithful until that day. And here's the good news. Paul says, as you do that, God will continue to strengthen your testimony for Jesus. God will continue to pour out blessings of spiritual gifts for you to use throughout that journey so that you may be found blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, none of this says if you work harder, if you are smarter, if you do more. No. It says God will give you and strengthen you in what you need. All you need to do is continue to be faithful to the call that you have received. And you know, it's good news that it doesn't depend on our strength and on our ability and on our brains and on our own love and on our own compassion because our own is always not enough. But God's is more than enough. Scripture tells us that we, when we don't have something that we need, we have to remember to go to our Heavenly Father and ask that we don't have because we don't ask, and we don't receive because we ask selfishly. We ask for our own good. So, so in, in that, we learn that, that whenever we are going through a time of trial, or we need something, we need to remember to go to our Heavenly Father and ask, but we need to ask not just for our own well-being, but for the well-being of the body of Christ and the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus that is needed by so many. So we need to learn to ask rightly. 
to ask correctly as we come before the Father. And if there's something that Paul is telling us in this letter is that we certainly need to ask for strength, for grace, and for peace. That those three elements are necessary if we are to persevere to the end, if we are to be found blameless on the day of the Lord, we need those things, and we don't need them from ourselves. We need them from our Heavenly Father. We need them from God. I began by saying that it matters who calls you on whether or not you answer. But it also makes a difference on how you answer. It's not the same when certain people call you than certain other people that are closer to you or more important to you. Some of you, I'm going to tell my age now, some of you remember when we had corded phones and your parents would come to you and say, your friend from school is calling on the phone and we would leave whatever we were doing to run to the hallway to grab that corded phone and start playing with the cord as we talked to our friend. And the call was important, so we would leave whatever we had, whatever we were doing, whatever it is that we were engaged in, because we had a call. And it was important for us to pay attention to the call. And Paul certainly is telling us here, remember that God in Jesus Christ has called you. And be excited about answering that call because he is faithful. God is faithful to keep you strong until the end. He does not fail. He never arrives late. He does not deceive or lie. He always does what he says he's going to do and he always delivers on his promises. And Paul felt it was important to remind the Corinthians who had called them and I felt it was important for us to be reminded who has called us. It is Jesus who has called us to be in ministry. It is Jesus who has given us this building. It is Jesus who has put in our heart a desire to sell, serve those who are in need around us. It is Jesus who has motivated people to start English classes. It is Jesus who continues to move our ministry and direct our path. And it is because of his call that we have been called apostles, sent to spread the gospel to those who are in this community around us. But we can only do this if we continue to be in fellowship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That is the primary relationship that we must have in our lives. Every other relationship, every other thing in our lives has to be subject to the lordship of Jesus Christ. There is no other higher than him. We have to remember who our daddy is because we can only do this with our heavenly father's help. And at the end of the day, we are here because of God's grace and not because of our own merit. We are here because he knows that there are people in our community that need to know Jesus, not just as somebody they've heard about, but as somebody who came into this world to save their lives and to give them a promise of eternity. But we can only do this if we remember who called us 
in the first place. And if we get excited about that call, he who has called us will complete that which he begun. Because God always finishes where we start, what he starts. And here's some good news towards the end of this that really we need to remember. We're not lacking in any spiritual gift. We're not lacking in speech. We are richly blessed, and we have what we need for the journey. And if there's anything along the way that we are lacking, we can go to the one who is our source, and he will supply it. Even now, God is setting us apart for his purposes. Even now, he's inviting us to remember who has called us, to remember who has sent us, to remember whose we are. I pray that today you're encouraged by this letter to have grace and peace and strength so that God will find us blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for Paul's letter because it is encouraging. It reminds us, O oh Lord, in, that in an unstable world, you are stable. That in an uncertain time, you are certain. That we can always count on you, Lord, to give us strength, to give us peace, to give us grace. Help us on this day to know, Lord, that we have been called by you. That it is your will for us to be in this ministry. That it is your, your will for us to reach those who are lost that it is your will for us to serve those who are in need and help us to obey that will, following the example of Jesus who laid down his own life for those who were perishing. Help us, Lord, to just answer the call every single day. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is open if you need prayer this morning as we remember the one that has called us and promised to strengthen us until the end.